Oh, will Illinois be back in the AP Top 25 next week? It might be up to our Scott Ritchie, who is the host of this podcast, Inside Illini Basketball, but he's also a voter in the poll. So what's it going to be, Richie? Now, my one vote might not you know, make the difference. Could. But all Illinois has to do to get back in the AP Top 25 is beat Arizona on Saturday. It's simple. Piece of cake. Richie will tell us if that's going to happen. He'll talk about some past Arizona games. He'll talk about his power poll, and he'll talk about data, his favorite. This week's podcast. Come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Oh, good Monday. Wait, it's not Monday. Wednesday. Good Wednesday morning, everyone. You too, Scott Ritchie, making me wait two extra days to keep this podcast, our new podcast streak going. Well, there was that whole Monday basketball oh, game. Here we go again. I was in Iowa. If you're a, if you followed along on Snapchat, you saw Ritchie's like five-star hotel room really suffering there in Iowa City, weren't you? I'm not... Pretty sure it wasn't a five-star hotel. Could have picked one closer to that. You know, but it, but it was a brand new hotel. Back in the day, when yours truly, Jim Rosso, was the beat writer for Bill Selsalai and I, for one year, for one glorious year. It was a good year. Two words kind of summed up my stay: red roof, buddy. I wasn't going to these hoity-toity <laughs> doors on the inside place. All right, I was red roofing it, pal. <laughs> I prefer a door on the inside. <laughs> yeah, your hotel room should not open out like open up to the general public. It was great. No, I miss you. those days, man. Like I said, I'm Jim Russell. That's Scott Ritchie, our basketball beat writer. Trust us when we say inside Illini basketball will return to its normal Monday rotation starting next week and continuing not, eternity. Well, not through the end of the season. There is the next Monday game was on January seventeenth. It's against Purdue. Okay. That's a morning State start. Center. Right. Yeah, it's an 11 a.m. game. We'll count. Um, we'll Martin count. Luther King Jr. Day. Yeah. Brian Barnhart's broadcast will count as the podcast that day. Well, it's gonna. It would happen at the same time right. as we would usually record. Right. Anyway, we apologize for the lack of rhythm and interruptions, but uh, couldn't let another week go by without getting Richie's thoughts on all things college hoops. Like, Illinois basketball is back. Yeah, I mean, five wins in a row, and for the most part, you know, they've come against high major opponents. You know, UT Rio Grande Valley is the only one that doesn't qualify there, but, you know, beat Kansas State, beat Notre Dame, beat Rutgers, beat Iowa. It's the way they needed to bounce back after, you know, kind of throwing the game away at Marquette, literally 26 turnovers, and then just getting the doors blown off them against Cincinnati by 20. So, 
they needed to start winning games, and that's what they've done. All right. I've never heard this in all of my lifetime, an unranked team being considered a Final Four contender by national media types, which is the conversation these days. Illinois not in the AP Top 25, no. yet anytime somebody says something about them on TV, they say, you know, this is a team that can make the Final Four. An unranked team. I mean, that was the, the thought at the beginning of the year, and I'm not sure those folks that are saying that have adjusted to the reality of the situation now. I mean, I think the potential is still there. I wouldn't necessarily um, use pen if you're going to start you know, penciling in Illinois as a Final Four team. Maybe use the pencil because you might need to erase it. But, you know, the way they're playing now, you know, kind of Kofi Coburn-centric, and that that is the case, even though Alfonso Plummer scored twenty plus points, um, I think in what five games in a row now. Um, it's centered around Kofi, and the offenses look good. The defense has at times had some slips. The offense, of course, you know, if Illinois stopped giving the ball to the other team with such just alarming frequency, just imagine how much better you know. A lot of those five wins could have looked, particularly Mondays at Iowa. Don't turn it over 18 times to the Hawkeyes. Get whistled for three 10-second violations, which just blew my mind. I can't remember the last time I saw one in a college basketball game, and I only had three. They just couldn't get the ball past half court against the press. Stop doing those, you know, inherently dumb things, and, yeah, this team could be a Final Four contender. All right, reminder, Mr. Richie. Point guard's still not playing. They're doing this. Yeah, I mean, that's that should be noted. You know, Andre Carbello remains out for the foreseeable future. I have no idea. Like, we keep asking Brad Underwood, and he just keeps saying, you know, very little you know, about Andre Carbello. He looks happy. Not the coach, but the point guard when he's yeah, he was, in I the mean, locker room. And he, he was very engaged Monday at Iowa. Um, Dying a little on the inside, I think, after every turnover, especially the ones that came, you know, against the the, the press, where he just, I think he saw a way through the defense that maybe his teammates didn't. Um, yeah, no idea when he'll be back on the court, but it'll be interesting to see what Illinois does when he is available because I don't think you should start him. Hmm. Have you cleared this with? With Coach Underwood yet in your weekly texts, give and takes. I mean, that's that's obviously going to be his decision. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and he usually doesn't ask me my opinion, especially on things like who starts because that's the last thing he ever wants to talk about. But you know, when he you know since he's been at Illinois, has always been very pro. Let's bring some legitimate production off the bench. Andre Cabello thrived off the bench last year. As a freshman, he was the Big Ten sixth man of the year as a freshman. And I think at least in the beginning stages of his return, whenever that may be, I think you bring him off the bench because what Illinois got going right now is working. And then he would be that change of pace with that second group. Not exactly a second group either because it's not like they do a shift change, but I think that would be the way to ease him back in and maybe not disrupt what's working right now. I think it would be the maybe the, the melding necessary to to keep being successful. 
But again, um, I, I doubt Brad Under will ask my opinion, but that's that's what it is. Scott Ritchie was in Iowa City, uh, as we said, um, enjoying a game that, again, you predicted your outcomes. Your record is still horrible, mind you. But when you do get it right, you almost get the score right. That's my way of complimenting you, Scott. Yeah, I believe they call that the, the backhanded compliment. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I thought it would be a close game, and it turned out that it was. And it was closer at the end than it might have been, and just because you know, I only tried real hard to just let Iowa keep thinking they had a chance. Even after that, that last three from Alfonso Plummer, which should have been the dagger, like Iowa wasn't totally out of it because they still scored, I think, on every trip down the court. So, uh, yeah, it was close. As I predicted, but it was also a win, as right. I predicted. The first win for these Illini in Iowa City, Brad Underwood included. Didn't seem like a very raucous atmosphere early on, especially. And did it ever turn into the Carver Hawkeye that I know? When Iowa made its 21-2 run in the first half, it got pretty loud. And then again, late in the game, as it was close down the stretch, it got loud. But yeah, I mean, I get tip off maybe two-thirds full, and I feel, feel like I'm being generous at that. It's just, you know, people kind of streamed in late, and I don't know, I guess, you know, maybe a 6 p.m. start, you get off work at 5 and got to get to the arena, maybe get something to eat in between, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I am going to, chickens. I, I'm going to champion every 6 p.m. start I can get because it's the preferable yeah. option than 8 for no me. Fun. I need 8. You know what the – Do you need 8? I do. Would you like to have like better coverage in the paper the next day? Because when it's six, you get the good stuff. When it's eight, it's still pretty good, in my opinion, but it's a little more rushed. Just saying, deadline. Well, I just go to newsgazette.com and enjoy the full Richie anyway, anytime, anyhow. Yeah. yeah. I'm, th- I'm thinking right. about our print subscribers, though. Shout out to them. That is good. Thank you to everyone who's, who... We have a loyal audience that uh, continues to enjoy all things Richie. Uh, this week is something we're going to enjoy. Speaking of game times, 4 p.m. Saturday, a great opponent, a cool marketing ploy. What more can I ask for? Not much, really. And thank you. By marketing, is, are they striping the arena? They are striping. Well, they're not striping it. We're striping it by showing up dressed accordingly. All right. So Ed Bond, it, the the pressure is on our producer to then not show up in like brown, right? He's got to wear orange or blue. Ed, what are you? Or the broadcast team apparently is in orange. I'll be wearing neither of those colors. Well, then you're gonna stick out there, buddy. All right, that's fine by me. You and the other Arizona beat writers. <laughs> um, well, I, I sort of assume you can wear the color and not actually feel icky about it. I know where you're coming from. No, I can't though. That's just been a thing in my head. I, I can't wear orange and um, I can't wear certain shades of blue on game day. All right, respect. It's just it's just the way journalism. the way I the way I do it. Yeah. Maybe you can dye your beard, right? I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> that would count in any circumstance. What I'm getting to is Saturday is going to be a very cool atmosphere. In fact, Ed Bond has 
uh, giving us a story idea that you'll see in your Saturday print editions. Uh, Bob Osmussen is going to talk to some of the folks running the arena and maybe where this might stack up with in terms of home court advantage, like one of the better ones in recent days. Yeah, and State Farm Center crowd's been good this year. Um, still think they're angling for maybe the first sellout, like f- complete sellout. I think they had one so far for an exhibition game, which blew my mind. Um, but they just, they've been close. I think the Rutgers game was like a hundred people shy of a sellout or something like that. Um, Arizona, I imagine will be that 15, five crowd. Love it. It's Love a great it. game. And it's the type of game that college basketball team should be scheduling more high major opponent versus high major opponent on a campus site. You know, Illinois played at Arizona two years ago mm-hmm. as you know, kind of an extended trip west. They played at Grand Canyon and then Arizona back-to-back. Arizona was supposed to play in Champaign last year. That game was postponed because of you know, concerns of, you know, about the pandemic and travel, and so now Arizona will play in Champaign. And I think those are the type of games that Illinois should keep scheduling. Get like Go play somewhere good, but knowing the fact you're going to get a good opponent to come back. Um, maybe flip the, the order this time so you get the home game first. I don't know, but play these type of games. I get the same buzz as if it's a Eureka-Washington match in high school. Yeah, those were – we didn't play Washington all that much, really? to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Washington was significantly bigger than Eureka. Okay, maybe. Um, the real one, I mean, if you want to know the – Eureka The, the loudest I think it ever got was – and you're going to laugh. The auction at the Village Hall? It was Eureka, Peoria Christian. Mm. Fabled rivalry. At at that time, in the, the early 2000s? You betcha. And then any Eureka Roanoke game, because there's just some real hatred. You know it. Real yeah. hatred there. Right. But, like, so Illinois, Arizona is w- one of those games that should be scheduled more. doesn't have to be Roanoke. Arizona all the time. But, like, Texas went and played at Gonzaga this year. Mm-hmm. Got blown out, but they went to Spokane. Gonzaga's going to Austin next year. Play these games. They're great. All right. Especially at this time of year where college basketball is fighting with college football, fighting with the NFL, um, fighting with the NBA, the early part of the NBA. Just stand out by playing good games. All right, Richie's our AP Top 25 voter. Like we've mentioned, the last two polls, he has not had Illinois in his Top 25. Can I assume that if they beat the Wildcats – they're back in the top 25. Can I, Richie? That's a safe assumption. I mean, Arizona. Jeez, oh, Pete. Is ranked. What, 11. Arizona? 11. Now, I've got them higher, in fact. I've got Arizona in the top 10, number 8. What's it going to take to get. Oh, I mean, it's a win Saturday. You know? All right. I And to be fair, I mean, a loss would not be great, but I'm always closer, in my opinion, to being ranked again now than they were, say, after, you know, beating Notre Dame and Rutgers. I think the Iowa win on the road particularly matters. Um, but, yeah, beat Arizona and you're in. It's very simple math. Cause that's a, essentially a top ten win, in my opinion. Did you catch any guff? For not ranking Illinois? Mm-hmm. I haven't yet. I mean, they did lose at Marquette and played 
some real bad basketball. And then they played worse basketball and lost to Cincinnati, who then turned around and lost to Monmouth at home. So that loss even it looks worse now. So I got a text from Coach Fraser saying, "What? What's wrong with your beat writer?" Not Coach a homer. Steve Fraser from the Champaign Park District. Okay, let me clarify that. <laughs> Wasn't Chester? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, not a homer. That's they lost twice, and there. I think I've got two two lost teams in my top twenty-five right now, and they're Gonzaga and Villanova because they lost to top twenty-five teams. Illinois lost to unranked, perhaps not terrific teams. Fair enough. I think so. And but again, beat Arizona and. You're right back in the mix. And that's really Illinois' last chance to get back in the ranked mix until the new year. Because the rest of the schedule, not a not a lot of games that pop. Even bragging rights. I mean, this Missouri team might be real bad. Really bad. Somehow got past your alma mater. Well, somehow. Fighting Panthers. Somehow being the night. fact that they're, Missouri's still an SEC team and Eastern Illinois is one of like the last remaining members of the quickly crumbling Ohio Valley Conference. Yeah. Sorry about the Panthers. You know, I'd... Jermaine Hamlin, former Illini, had ten points for EIU in that game. He's so, played. He's played a lot. Are they still wearing like tight shorts and high socks down there at EIU? Is that how they? they Marty look? Simmons brought it back. Yeah, the mule. Yeah, just from his his glory days. Right at Lawrenceville. You know, I'm pulling for the Panthers. Always do. But you also know I love Arizona Week. I've been looking forward to this because you know why? Because it takes me back to that year. On the <laughs> that one year you got That one up. glorious yeah. three Arizona games year. That's which, the wild part. Maui, which uh, I got to room with Brian Barnhart. And so, that was a so great. You, you got to go to Hawaii for that? I remember only mm. playing in the Maui oh, Invitational go, Ed. just a couple years ago. I was like, oh, sorry, Scott. Can't send you. I was there. Damn, great games. Arizona was loaded. Then they came back to, and we'll post these pictures throughout the week. Uh, they came back to United Center where Corey Bradford set the three-point record, consecutive games with a three-pointer. Let's remember Lucas Johnson got under Lute Olson's skin. Oh, which he had a, like a, a habit fit. of doing with a lot of people. Right. And then the final game, of course, which doesn't sit well with the Illinois fans when Bill Walton on the call – Luke Walton on the Arizona team. I'm getting, getting, and, and this is quotation marks, fouled a lot. There were. Illinois had many, many fouls in that elite game fouls. in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. Fell one game short of the Final Four. But what a what a great stretch that was. And, and of course, the 2005 game, right? I mean, will be right, remembered that, in Illinois basketball lore. And so this is an underrated rivalry, I would say. Yeah, I mean, the last game, you know, a couple of years ago in Tucson, it was a little one-sided. Yeah, that didn't count. That didn't feel, that didn't match the previous games. No, and that was an Illinois team. I mean, they, they obviously you know, kind of figured things out at the end of that year, but early was still kind of a struggle there, figuring out roles, and I mean, the Arizona team had three pros in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. All right, but we'll see if we'll see if Saturday can be uh, a better matchup. Uh, I think it will be. Arizona is good uh, with a new coach and some new life. It seems like, yeah, and 
because it wasn't like they were bad last year, but they were just they couldn't go to the NCAA tournament because of Genie. many many recruiting violations committed by Sean Miller, who's no longer the coach. But you know, Tommy Lloyd, longtime Gonzaga assistant. I mean, sort of seen as maybe the heir apparent to Mark Few because he, he was never going to leave Gonzaga. But the Arizona job comes open. They add him, and it's, to be honest, it's an Arizona team that looks a lot like a Gonzaga team because it's, like, international player heavy. And that was Tommy Lloyd's big thing. He got all those international guys to Gonzaga. And Arizona's got a an interesting stable. And, you know, their top player, top scorer at least, yeah, top player, um, Ben Matherin, he's Canadian. They're starting centers from Cameroon, starting power forward from Lithuania, starting point guards from Finland. I mean, and all those guys are averaging double figures this through. I mean, obviously just through seven games, but it's a it's a tough roster. And they they've got some they've got some good wins. I mean, they beat Wichita State. They were the first to beat Michigan. It doesn't have maybe you know, quite the same impact because, you know, Michigan's lost what, what three times. But those are two really good wins for Arizona. Um, that really the two best they had, and there is one common opponent between Illinois and Arizona so far. It's UT Rio Grande Valley. Illinois, you know, kind of struggled to beat the Vaqueros. Only beat them by nine. Arizona beat them by fifty-four. Whatever that means. Good Arizona team. Is all I'm saying. All right. Let's talk Illinois. Got some questions for you. I'm going to put your your college basketball knowledge. Okay, I mean it's really the, I think the, the only thing I know anything about right. anymore. You, so. you sleep it, you watch it, eat it. I and I appreciate that. I keep seeing there's an apologetic Heisman columnist out there saying, "Hey, we're doing this wrong because while I'm on the beat, I don't have a chance to watch other teams and players." Well, that's that's on you. You need to watch other teams and other players. Find some time. It's your job. But I don't have to worry about Scott Ritchie ever bringing up that excuse because I know you watch other games and you study the sport. Thank you, Scott Ritchie. And I can't help but just be drawn to advanced metrics. like Now Ken, we're too far. Too far. Ken Palm and Torvik. And now we're going down the <laughs> rabbit hole. Stop while you're ahead. I'll have some data for you at the end. <laughs> All right, here we go. Alfonso Plummer, best transfer of the season in college basketball. I mean, I'm not even sure that like there's a debate at this point. Like he's just throwing out 20 point games like it's nothing. Like he's never had a stretch of games like this in his at least his Division One career. I mean, he had some good games at Utah the last couple of years, but never this consistently. And the thing that's really stood out to me is like he came in as like, oh well, terrific shooter. You know, he shot 40 percent for his career at Utah. He's just going to be the the gunner that Illinois kind of desperately needed uh, but like he's attacking the basket finishing at the rim and doing so effectively like he you know knows he's going to get run off the three-point line so shot fakes into a mid-range jumper uh, defensively still room to grow we'll probably just leave it at that but his offensive game he's not just a shooter hasn't been at least and like he's been between him and Kofi like the reason Illinois has won five games in a row all right, we asked you if Kofi was going to break Dave down his single-game scoring record last time out. How about this question? Will he 
break the school's single-game rebounding record. I know he had 18 early on against Iowa and kind of stopped. Didn't exactly stop. He just his teammates were also rebounding very well. You know, Trent Frazier, all six foot, two of them had eight rebounds. Um, that record, I think, is more attainable because um, Kofi's scoring high. Obviously, just said it. It's thirty eight points. You know what Dave Downey's is? What fifty three? And the last Illini player to get close to that was Brandon Paul. And I think it was the night he hit seven or eight. What? No, he had eight three pointers. I think. Kofi's not going to hit eight three-pointers in the game. It's going to take a lot of easy buckets and a lot of trips to the free-throw line when the clock is stopped. And him to keep shooting 71%, which is huge for Kofi so far, to get to that scoring record. 24 rebounds? or twenty? I mean, you need 25 to uh, pass Skip Thrain. And not out of the picture, I don't think. Like It's a game... Like maybe not this Saturday, next Saturday, St. Francis of Pennsylvania. I have not looked at the roster. I can't imagine they have anyone that can check Kofi down low. Go grab 25 boards against them. There you go. Question number three. Scott Ritchie, you're two for two so far. Steve Alford called Brad Underwood and asked for free throw advice. True or false? I mean, I'm not sure necessarily Brad's doing, but Alfonso Plummer hasn't missed a free throw yet this season. He's one of two players in the country shooting a perfect 100%. Trent Frazier's making them. Jacob Grandison's making them. Kofi's not shooting 57% from the line anymore. Kind of a big deal. Um, so yeah, maybe Steve, a good shooter in his own right, be like, hey Brad, what's going down in Champagne? Your guys are stepping up at the line and making them. And that was, I mean, all those free throws at the end you know, iced Iowa when the Hawkeyes were obviously scoring at the other end. So needed to make them, did make them. And I know it'll be good in tight, close games if those guys keep shooting like that. All right. Uh, Jay Simpson, our columnist, played at Purdue, wrote today's News Gazette how proud he was of the Boilers, uh, who kind of had to fend off Iowa. And, and Iowa without Keegan Murray, right. even. So, my last question to you, does Illinois have a chance to maybe pass up the number one team in the country and win a Big Ten title? A week sure. ago, we weren't talking about that. No, because well, the losses to Marquette and Cincinnati were fresher, and Purdue looked, you know, unbeatable almost. I mean, it's not going to be easy, but sure. I mean, there, there's certainly a chance in, like, Purdue's got to, like every other team, has to keep that group that's playing so well healthy. Because um, they have good players in terms of their depth, but not at the level of Jaden Ivey, Trevian Williams, Zach Eady. Like, and those three, they have three legitimate like stars somehow. And like, I know it's a lot of the, the talk of the summer was like, you know, Zach Eady looks so good at the. U19 World Cup for Team Canada. Like I couldn't wrap my head around it cuz I just remembered him being 7-4 and like he was tall but like he is more skilled. He's gotten more skilled in the last year. And Trevian Williams coming off the bench. That's the guy who's getting some like preseason All-American votes coming off the bench and being like this really versatile passing big and Jaden Ivey is dynamic like Sasha Stefanovic can knock down a bunch of threes. They're good, 
But those guys have to stay healthy, have to stay playing at this level. And over a 20-game Big Ten schedule, like, that's a tough ask, especially to keep to play at such a high level. So, yeah, the door is not shut on Illinois or anybody in the Big Ten, really. There's Not everyone's played two games yet, but there's at least 18 more to go for most of the league. Can't wait for those two games. Hey, I got a bonus question just texted from an S. Rosso. Okay. I assume that's NBA fan Sam Rosso. Says, is Iowa an NBA all-rookie first-teamer? See, that's a tougher question because I'm not watching as much NBA. But, like, Iowa. This being a second-round draft pick. Easily the best second-rounder Well, I think. League. Let me help you because I'm, I'm fed information from Sam a lot okay. about the NBA. He is. I mean, he got his first start uh, on Monday night. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was thinking, like, is Iowa going to put up a triple-double in his first NBA start and cause he almost did he played 41 42 minutes mm-hmm. he's just doing what he did here like he's not the best athlete on the court he's not the best shooter on the court but he will outwork you he makes the right plays all the time he's gonna i mean gonna do good things which man. feeds me to my second bonus question that was kind of a setup okay because i really i mean i'm not even sure i can name any like other rookies at this point well, he is. He's one of the, I would say, one of the top five at this point statistically from shooting percentage to impact, yeah. if not minutes and points. But will his success in the NBA maybe push Kofi up a tad? Because you see in these mock drafts still Kofi a second rounder despite his enormous college impact. Will Io's transition to an NBA contributor Make GMs think, hey, I think we better pick Kofi earlier. I mean, maybe. And just in terms of they'll know what Iowa's development was at Illinois, and they'll see what that meant at the the start of his pro career. But Kofi's also helping himself. Uh, I mean, he's shooting 71% from the free throw line, which is a – significant improvement from a year ago and he's shown he's both willing which was the key thing and able to pass the ball to the post and get his teammates involved he already has more assists now through his six games than he had through 31 games a year ago and he should have had a couple more in iowa even you know a couple missed shots that should have i mean should have been easy makes would have, you know got him more assists so i mean i think you know iowa's presence can't hurt him. You know, what I was doing in the NBA can't hurt him, but Kofi's doing his own thing, and I think boosting his stock, yeah, with the way he's playing right now, it's particularly you know, rebounds, just the efficiency that he scores. It's still going to be a tough hill to climb because there's just not many players like him in the NBA anymore, and there's fewer spots for those guys, but he's I think he's got a better NBA prospects has better NBA prospects now than he did a month ago even. All right, before we let Richie go, uh two of our staples, give me some data. I know you're you're chomping at the bit to release that useless information that uh no one cares about. But go ahead. Spend some time doing it. I mean, that's just hurtful almost. <laughs> um I'm going to give you a 
Just and this is even even that advanced. It's pretty simple. <laughs> so I can understand it. Yep. And it's one of the reasons Fran McCaffrey was so mad on Monday night in Iowa City. Hit Fran mad? Yeah. Who would have <laughs> thunk it? Um, but his team got out-rebounded by 29. Okay. And, and Illinois just dominated the offensive glass. And for the season, they are getting back 41.5% of their own misses. Like, that's a really big number. And just, you know, their second chance points, that's a big reason they beat Iowa on Monday night. Thank you, Scott. I feel much better. 41.5%. I just I jotted it down. 41.5. Mm. Yeah, only teams ahead of them right now, because that's fifth nationally. Kentucky's number one, and they're getting back 48.2% of their own misses. Oscar Shibwe is the guy that's going to have. 8.2. Okay, I wrote that one down, too. You don't need to write these down. And you're not writing them down. <laughs> but a little peek behind the curtain <laughs> at the podcast. Jim's just making fun of me. Kentucky, Texas Tech, TCU, Chattanooga, Illinois. All right. Thank you. Again, be like a daily proverb. Maybe I'll hang this data up I'm just gonna my start, office door. To... I'm going to start printing stuff out and just papering <laughs> your office with stats. <laughs> All right. Give me your uh, top three Illini, your power poll. I, I can take a guess, but I wanted to hear it straight from you. Okay. And it's, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Although, I mean, I think you could, one or two, it just sort of depends on how you're feeling. But all right. I'm going to go, because I think all things run through him, Kofi Co- Coburn, one. Alfonso Plummer, like a, a 1B. Yeah. Two. Or, or two. Or two. Uh, and Jacob Grandison, three. Sure. That, it's pretty simple. Career game for him at Iowa, was it not? Yeah, point wise. Yeah, maybe. just keeps doing that too because okay. he had he had the most points in, against a Big Ten team in his career against Rutgers, and then topped that. Yeah. All right, follow along with Richie every day. Uh, good morning, Illini Nation. Six a.m. at IlliniHQ.com. It's wonderful stuff. Wonderful. Re- we didn't talk recruiting this week. We got tons of that. We'll save it for next week. Uh, what you look? You want to get something in? No, just there hasn't okay. been a lot of movement. New guys, at least, yeah. but like some Illinois com- signees and. Playing targets well. are yeah, putting on big numbers. Ty Rogers basically averaging a triple double so far. Follow along with Richie on Twitter, of course, where he's an underrated star, and uh, Snapchat as well. How about that? And remember, seconds after a game, at each Illinois game, there's a instant News Gazette cover uh, that we take out to Twitter and Facebook. Check that out too, because Richie has input on that. He, he often texts me headline ideas. I do not. Headlines are the <laughs> one thing I just stay away from. Trying to give from. you some praise, some fake praise, and you just play along with it, Scotty. No, because I just I can't even I won't, can't accept it for that. Because I I'd write terrible headlines. That's <laughs> that's my blind spot right there. That's all right. All right, Scotty. We will talk to you uh, when Illinois is back in the AP Top Twenty Five next Monday.